You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers. This is an episode of What's Up in Dramaland with Saya, Anissa and Boromir. Hello dear listeners, this is Saya, and we're bringing you this episode, which you may know is our news episode, in the middle of quite a shocking wave of revelations about some names we know very well. We recorded this episode a day or two after the Pakhesu story broke, but between then and now, actor Jisoo's violent history has also come to light, and that's still an ongoing story. Because of the timing, you won't find that discussion in the following episode, but be assured that we are watching the news develop, and we're in the middle of planning a special episode to talk about the topic with all the seriousness that it demands. This episode was produced thanks to the support of our beloved patrons. You can find our page at patreon.com slash dramasoverflowers. Thanks also to you, our friends, for listening and sharing your thoughts. Feel free to drop us a line anytime about anything at dramasoverflowers at gmail.com. For now though, I'll leave you with this episode. It's a pretty grim first half, but it's leavened by a slightly sillier second half because we are still us. Stay safe and be kind, everyone. Hello, everybody. This is Saya. This is Anissa. And this is Forma. Welcome back to What's Up in Drama Land for Dramas in March. And there's lots up in Drama Land. <laughs> but before we get to the yes. drama, do we go to the emails? Yes, please do. So we ha- we've had a really great month for emails and we've got a whole bunch of really exciting, detailed, thorough and interesting things that we want to share with you guys. But they're so detailed that we kind of want to take out a whole episode for it. So hopefully in a while, that is hopefully not too long, um, we will be doing our very first mailbag episode. I forgot that that's what they were called. Thanks, Anissa, for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> because I listen to way too many podcasts, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> no such thing as too many, as long as ours is one of them, right? Yep. There is one part of an email that we got from Christy, who is a new listener, and welcome and thank you so much for your email. We wanted to share this part with everyone right now because we were very touched and moved by it. And, oh, I'm reading it. I shall read it. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not on the ball today. So Christy writes about our Your Beautiful Spoiled Yak, the one that we had with Auntie, uh, aka Anissa's mum. And she says, I love the mm-hmm. spoiled yak and I've never even seen Your Beautiful. I also loved Anissa's mum and everything she had to add to the conversation. So did we. You all always seem to have so much fun. We do. <laughs> if this was... <laughs> If this was on Netflix, I would watch immediately. I'm probably closer to Anissa's mum's age, but I love that it doesn't matter how old you are or your nationality. We can all love K-dramas together. So thanks, Anissa, Borama and Saya. And thank you, Christy, for listening to us and such a wonderful email. And thank you, Auntie, who is far away from all of us right now, but we love you and miss you. Yeah, I'm missing her a lot these days. But it's funny because I was editing that episode because like we recorded it way back and it was during 2020. I don't remember exactly when. And then I started editing it. I edited the majority of it after she had already left to just staying with my dad right now across the world. So I was listening to it and editing it and I was like hearing her voice in my ears and I was just like, oh, (laughs) I was being a baby. It's fine. (laughs) But yes, thank you for this lovely email. I think that episode in particular really highlighted how the emotions of K-dramas really hit us in a really special way. So it's it's a big compliment that you enjoyed it, even though you haven't seen the show. I'm shocked that it's not on Netflix. I thought it was the last time I looked. It is in my region and probably yours, um, Saab, but it oh. may not be in um, In the US, US it's not, yeah. where, which is where Christy was writing from. But see, this is the reason I'm not being resentful about Minari. Like, 
I get all of the K dramas that you guys don't. I can at least give you Minari. <laughs> I did have to pay twenty dollars to watch Minari on oh, my computer, no. but you know, well, <laughs> at least that's twenty dollars to a good cause. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm willing to do that to support an indie mm-hmm. movie. I wouldn't do it if it was like Disney or something. But this one, you know, it's a very if, it's a very important film. So we're going to record a spoiled yak on that. So look forward to that as well. Absolutely. All right. The other thing that we want to talk about before news is like extremely silly, but also very <laughs> enjoyable, which was um, if you missed it, we had a poll on Twitter, which was inspired by... Um, so I've joined the Drama Addict Diary fun that Zaya started. Um, and I was talking about Luca and how these two main characters have this really interesting chemistry. And like, they're not friends. They don't like each other necessarily. But because they knew each other as kids and because they're like instantly adversaries for various reasons, they just dropped upon Mal immediately, which is like informal language. And if you're not familiar with um, how like the levels of formality in Korean work, it's just... It's usually language that you use with like your family, your spouse, your loved one, your girlfriend, boyfriend, your siblings, like your close friends who are, you know, so it's not something that you would normally use with a stranger that you first meet. So I was like, I love this. Let's come up with a term. And then I think in my post, I came up with adversarial banmal and um, frenemy banmal and um, like a reader and also Saya had different opinions about which one was better. I was like, yes, this is a great opportunity to do a poll because I'm always looking for an opportunity to do a poll. So I did a Twitter poll. I didn't know that you were always looking for opportunities to do polls, but now I know. I am. Yes. Please give me poll questions. So on the poll, we had 37 votes, which was exciting. That's I wasn't look. expecting that many. Um, and 45.9% people voted for adversarial Banma, which is what Saya liked. And 51.4% voted for friend me Banma, which Borama also liked. And I was... I had no opinion because I didn't. I, I just didn't know. Um, and then, like right before the poll closed, our friend uh, Sufria said, "Banter mall." Sorry, Saya. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's so good. <laughs> so it just completely upended the whole thing. So now we don't even know what won because I was struck speechless. It was like it's it's so like you know, <laughs> pun mall plus banter. Pantom. It was just like linguistically, it was perfect, but I hate it. <laughs> yeah. So our very scientific conclusion is: use whatever we, we whatever you yeah. want, and uh, we will accept all answers. But I still feel like the poll was worthwhile. <laughs> right. But Anisa, I I voted for adversarial, but well, not not friendly. Oh, but, I thought you liked you friendly were alone in that one. I was alone in that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I wasn't really voting for friend of me, Banmal. You came up with it. It was our friend Frabby. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I came up with these two, but it had question marks. And I was like looking for I other answers. I thought adversarial Banmal was the most appropriate in tone and meaning to what we were going for. Because these weren't people who were like bickering enemies. They were actually pretty much like more adversarial than they were friends. They weren't friends. I also like Adversaria Panma more than Frenemy Panma because I feel like Frenemy is too... Flighty. It's too, no, it's also like too affectionate. Like there's yeah, something... Like they're friends. There's some love yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> yeah. But Banter Mall or Punter Mall is just... It's too good. <laughs> it's, I don't know. <laughs> it's good and bad. Like it's the worst, but it's also the best. Thank yes, you, Sophia. Exactly. Clearly, we are, we are leaving this entire conversation very conflicted about our choices. <laughs> we should leave the conversation. Yes. Otherwise, we'll spend the whole hour talking about whether it should be Pentamon. We should move exactly. on to news. Okay, so we had some serious stuff happen in um, pretty much just this one news item that we wanted to cover. First of all, because it's connected to a drama that was supposed to come out around this time. 
Uh, that was uh, the Park Hee-soo starter Dear M, which has now been postponed. The premiere has been postponed. And what happened was a couple of weeks back when Neva, their, uh, the Korean search engine, it, they decided that they wanted to stop doing the... They have this search, th- this group of keywords. If you watch search www, you would see it there. They, they use a similar thing. They have a group of most search keywords that comes up on the homepage. They decided to do away with it. And what a lot of netizens feared was this group of search words is so real time that nobody has time to interfere with what is actually being searched on the net. So things that are very important and immediately viral become public knowledge before anyone can intervene and like stop it from from the public gaze but now with those keywords going away people were afraid that they lose their chance so a lot of allegations happened within almost a day or two and a quite a big chunk of these were bullying accusations towards certain k-pop stars and korean actors one of whom was park hesu and another of whom was jo pyongyu who was lost in uncanny counter yeah but we have to we have to point out that these were different uh, grades of accusations whereas pakhezu's accusation was pretty detailed there's a lot detailed, of people and also coming serious. forward yeah 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 um you had I'm sorry, what's his name? Cho Byung-gyu. Cho Byung-gyu's accusations were light off. The accusation against him, yeah, it was basically somebody who said, like, he used to talk in a horrible way to his girlfriend and he wasn't very considerate. Um, whereas the the allegations against Pak Su and some of these others physical were about, violence. like, physical violence and, yeah, some really serious stuff like, you know, extortion of money, things like that. Yeah. And ongoing, like, not one-off incidents, but a continuous, like, harassment and assault and incitement to assault of other people it's really grim yeah yeah it is pretty grim reading and i also have to point out that a lot of the other accusations not a, a huge but quite a few of these ac- other accusations like mingyu from uh 17 was accused of having taken money from i think one of his classmates around the time he was passing his idol auditions these were these posts were deleted later on and i think in case of another i think a chu from luna the accuser made a formal apology already. So some of these have already been quote-unquote resolved. Like, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But the one that is not getting resolved right now is the Pakesu one. So I think the difference is that with the Pakesu case, there is quite a large group of people who've come forward to back up the statement of the original... yeah. Yeah, exactly, of the original accuser. I don't like calling them accusers. What's the better word? Reporter. Don't know, but... um... Well, the thing is, I don't think they formed a file, like a legal complaint against her yet. So you can't really call them like a plaintiff. The thing about this also is that it's hard because this is kind of being played out in the court of public opinion. And so if you have like a legal case that's ongoing, then you could say like, let's wait until the process happens. And then there's also this issue of... You know, like you never want to disbelieve somebody's allegations, you know, because like that you should give the respect to the allegations that they deserve. But then on the other hand, you know, there are cases where people will target famous celebrities just because they're famous. And, you know, like that is a thing that happens, too. So, like, it's really it's murky. And I don't know, like, I really don't know where to fall on this, to be quite honest. About it being played out in the court of public opinion, I think that also from from what I've read, it seems like that's the point, that their purpose isn't 
necessarily, you know, monetary settlement. They want an apology from her, an acknowledgement and an apology. So, like you say, it's really, it's very complicated and it's difficult. As onlookers, there's not really any way to call it. You can only sort of see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't mean to say that it shouldn't be, you know, like a lot of times the only power you have is to publicly expose something in order to be able to even approach the kind of justice that you want, whether that's legal or whether it's, you know, an apology or for that person to not be in the public Mm -hmm. eye anymore. Like, look at so many of the sexual assault and rape cases that were like people had to say it in the media first Mm. before getting any kind of and even if and a lot of times they just don't even get any justice so i didn't i didn't mean to imply that i just mean that it's hard because it is like you said we're just onlookers to add to that there's also that additional layer of the complications that arise from korean defamation laws which are a little different i think to the types of defamation law do we have defamation laws slander I don't know about your countries. We have them, but it's it's more like um, libel, libel. slander type laws. I don't know that we have defamation laws, um, and especially not if something is true. Mm. But I think I'm also not an expert on Korean law, so who knows? Uh, I read up on it yesterday, but I can't remember it right now. So my understanding is that you can sue somebody for defamation, even if they say something that's true about you. But the whole point is like that person then has to prove that the true thing that they said about you is imp- is important enough and like it's it's important enough to the public interest that they have the right to expose that thing about you and then if they're not able to prove that then they're the one who's gets punished if that makes sense and you would originally have to prove that your allegations are true in the first place as well and in many so. cases yes. you might not be able to do that especially if it's uh, your word against theirs so it does get legally yeah. it's a bit more difficult to get the outcome that you seek I think I'm not sure if I've put that properly whereas if you sort of blow it up in the media you at least get people talking about it and investigating it and then public opinion is on your side and all sorts of things that yeah might... but the way we have seen these things play out before especially during the Me Too, Me Too movement in Korea you had accusers winning in the court of public opinion maybe even getting some wins in uh, actual uh, judicial court. And then uh, the person accused who lost turns around and sues them sues for them damages. Yeah. Didn't Lee Byung-hun mm-hmm. do that? Uh, there were the two women who tried to blackmail him and they ended up in jail, right? They were minor celebrities and he sued them back. Yeah, but and in that case, it was a bit murky. But they did, they did actually commit a crime, yeah, because they blackmailed exactly, him. Exactly, but there are other situations where it's just basically you have defamed me and you have hurt, let's say, my company and my agency and stuff, so I'm, I'm now going to sue you for being honest and coming forward. And that can, that can also happen. Yeah. Plus, we should add, as all of us who are very versed in, in drama land, we've seen this happen <laughs> so much in dramas. We have. So it's not like we don't have a concept of how this can go down. But, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday and it's just there's no way of knowing. We can't know. We can't know. And the see, the difficulty in this particular situation... Um, with I'm not talking about bullying, the Pakisu one, by, uh, by the way. I was talking about no, the No, no. So I'm, I'm bringing it back to the yeah. Pakisu <laughs> one right now. Um, the difficulty in this particular situation is, on the one hand, 
you have uh, an actor whose career was kind of derailed because of a really bad drama a while back. Anisa, what was it called? I recapped it and I... Introverted Boss. Right, I, I tried to blot it out of my memory. Introverted Boss uh, or slash My Shy Boss on Netflix, I think. It was terrible. <laughs> it was uh, a crime. And she kind of disappeared after that. So when I heard that she was going to do this, I was kind of happy. I really liked her in Age of Youth and I know she has potential. So there is that. But I'm reading the, the statements by the people who have come forward and some of them are like seeing her on uh, television is triggering for us. So we wish she would not be broadcast anymore. And that's perfectly legit if the, she has actually terrorized them. I don't care how many years ago it was if she's done it and not faced any consequences. This is a legitimate feeling to have. However, I don't want to be the one deciding it. I, mm. I don't want to be uh, the one passing judgment on this actor or deciding whether this accuser is lying or not. I, I, wish, I wish this was properly investigated and people's careers and lives weren't being destroyed while the investigation was going on. It's just, it's so messed up, man. Ah. <laughs> that's all of yeah <laughs> i mean i mean you might be wondering why we're even bringing this up since we don't have any like conclusive things to say about it but we just felt like because it's you know affecting something that you know we already talked about an upcoming show and it's a big story like we just didn't feel like it would be something that we can ignore and it is an important issue like bullying school bullying is an important issue so one that i didn't actually take seriously enough I think I've previously talked about how I thought dramas were like overdoing things. Like we were, uh, I th- we were reviewing Live On a month or so back, and I was talking about how that entire thing. I seemed... mean, didn't Anissa? Huh? Anissa was talking about when we were uh, when we were talking about the Uncanny Counter, and Anissa was like, "Yeah, I don't." By these, what was it? The school? Oh no, that's because those school, those school <laughs> bullies were like mini gangsters, and yeah. that was hard to buy. But th- this situation is a little different. It's you don't have to be gangsters. The, these are just school kids with. No, but from other people's accounts that we've read, um, I read that whole th- Reddit thread, which was so long. So, so yeah, yeah. so did I. But the thing is. They, you don't have to be gangster supported to be bullies in school, which is often w- what is shown in some of these dramas. Just having enough privilege to get away with hurting people or even just having a school system that can't punish kids for being excessively brutal to their classmates is enough. So, And just to clarify, like I wasn't it's not that I couldn't buy the, like the level of extreme violence that was happening and the level of bullying. It was just I didn't buy, like Rama said, this like structure of youth mafia. Sorry, <laughs> that, was happening. I just, I just, that was what I couldn't. I just remembered that you had mentioned it, and that came off sounding really like I don't know, like oh, youth mafia. Uh, oh, sorry, <laughs> that was not how I meant that. It's okay. <laughs> no, no, but it's good to clarify because mm-hmm. Anisa did say that, so we, it's, it's yeah. good to bring it up and clarify right now. So that's what we oh, meant. Oh, mafia, that was it. I've just the only mafia I can think of right now is Sung Jungi. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's for the long yak. Anyway, so moving <laughs> on, I just, I honestly have not taken the school violence element shown in some of these high school dramas very seriously, like the ones shown in um, School 2017 or Sassy Kogo or Live On, for instance. And I, I, I just avoid dramas like Beautiful World, which Saya absolutely adored. It was Beautiful World, right? I would not say adored. I would say it was very excellent. 
But yeah, that's a very school violence thing. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I thought was a really interesting thing that came up in the discussion in the thread that we were reading, the Reddit thread, is the the fact that there isn't, like, the way we have this word, bullying for bullying, that in Korean they don't have a specific word for that specific thing. Which makes sense if you think about it in dramas, that it's always school violence, right? But how appropriate mm. that is compared to bullying. School violence is much more accurate, it seems. I was just thinking about that random remark. No, it, 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 yeah, you're right. It makes sense. But it is also instructive that even though like school violence is more accurate, but at the same time, it's not school bullying or school assault. So it it makes it a more equal, like it's just a descriptive term, but it doesn't say like this one person is victimizing the other person. The way you do when you have a term like assault or bullying. So I think it kind of fits in with what they were saying about how a lot of times the parents will be like, my child is being bullied. Then the teacher's just like, oh, these kids are all troublemakers and they kind of all get treated the same or like the one with a higher social status gets treated better and the one with the lower st- status gets punished. Yeah. So I feel like it's also kind of becomes like a cop out in some ways. Which again, finally bring it back to Pakistan again, I think might actually be one of the bigger reasons this thing is sticking so much. Aside from the numerous accusers who are coming forward, Pakistan is also from a, a, a probably an upper middle class family like a pretty well-to-do family she was good at studies she just got preferential treatment in school apparently so okay I, I know even from my own experience even though I wasn't uh, in a school environment that toxic I know that teachers tend to disbelieve that good students can hurt other students I mean if you say that hey the kid who's coming top of the class uh, hurt me or did this mean thing to me the teacher is just going to look at you and be like, you are a liar. <laughs> that mm-hmm. does happen. I can tell you that um, being a very well-behaved student with a good reputation, the teachers never believed that I had done something mischievous when I often did. <laughs> I think like, oh, she wouldn't do that. <laughs> and you're like, you know, I actually did. But and, and we're talking about very small, silly things. Not not bad stuff. No, I, I yeah, I know. But it can just it the, that's it can scale up, right? Like the teachers go from like, hey, no, I mean, perfect, uh, my saint-like student child here to disbelieving things that really should be investigated. Which just I wonder how much of it is disbelieving and how much of it is refusing to believe or refusing to see it because otherwise, I mean, mm-hmm. what could they do? I think that's been a big yeah. part of it. Ex- excellent point. But also, especially when you think about how competitive like how competitive the school system is in Korea and in a lot of other places where like the ranking of your students nationally it reflects on the school and so if you have lower ranked students I think was this in sassy go-go or but like just the way they treated uh, the students based on their ranking <laughs> to a school to, yes that's right sassy school go-go also had the element yeah where they literally treated like different genres of human human beings you know like this the prestige that the high the highly performing students gives the school is so much that the school like authorities are not willing to see they're not willing to see it you know they're not willing to acknowledge it because it's going to reflect badly on them yeah which by the way i am rewatching school 2017 right now and i just right now remembered that we did kind of like a spoiled yak on it oh, <laughs> so i have to go so back and did. listen <laughs> i told you about that was one of our very earliest episodes, right? Where our sound is terrible. It was. I think it was yeah. like the first or the second one. I'm sorry. I apologize. But our spirit, our spirit was great. 
I don't even know if we were calling them spoiled yaks at that point. I think it was like deep dive. Deep, yeah, from a deep dive, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, throwback. Okay. <laughs> okay. So moving on to our next kind of news item. So the reason I put this under news is because there is this drama that was supposed to be released in March, but we don't have date or anything else. But who is behind it is interesting. So Kim and Suk, who is the writer, star writer that we've uh, talked about many times. Um, but her most recent shows um, have been like her big hits like Goblin, The King, Eternal Monarch, Descendants of the Sun, that kind of stuff. Um, and she's producing or like, well, it's called she is the executive creator of this new series. Probably like a showrunner is what I'm assuming. Probably. Yeah. So it's called Write Your Destiny. Um, and it's a it's going to be on TV Ang, which is co-run by CJ E&M and JTBC. It's like an online streaming platform. Yeah. So we don't really have much about the story, but it's going to be starring um, Kido Hoon and Go Che Kyung, who I don't really I'm not familiar with those actors, but it's about a person who has a god who has the power to predetermine the fate of every human and a scriptwriter who is famous for writing Mukjang dramas. So so the actors are uh, Kido Hoon and John. Sony. Oh, is this a mistake in the article then? Because yeah, I think she, you're call, calling out the character name. So the people in brackets are the are the characters, not the actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a character name. So uh, John Sony is the actor, and she was last oh, on okay. uh, When My Love Blooms, where she was playing the younger versions of the main roles. Yeah, and she was cute. So I'm looking forward to this. The story is very much in tune with what Kim Yoon Sook usually does, where there is this uh, male protagonist who is basically God, a God, and uh, the female protagonist is a drama writer who writes Mak Jung. And so the male protagonist is writing the fates of people. But for some reason, uh, like they have a, a situation where he starts doing it through her drama writing. Like she's creating Mak Jung and he's actually changing people's life in the way she writes or something to that <laughs> tune. But it, it seems very Kim yun to me. So but interestingly, she's not the lead writer. Do you think she just got tired of doing the daily grind of writing stuff and she's like, you lot write it now? No, I think she had given up the daily grind of writing for a while, but she's just yeah. given up like any pretense of it at this point. It sounds like it's recycling elements from her other dramas. And I, I feel like since Goblin, that's all she's been doing. Actually, apart from Mr. Sunshine, which I didn't watch. But like The King was a full on attempted recycling of the better parts of goblin but in a lesser way oh yeah. nice Saya, well said <laughs> <laughs> sometimes my brain That's, works yeah well done <laughs> i think another interesting thing is that uh kim and sook's projects usually star like humongous a-list actors and these two are not like i didn't recognize their names you know, so they've kind of done like minor parts. And I recognize John Sony, but I don't know. But she hasn't done like big roles is what I'm saying. You know, she's not on the level of, you know, like Gong Yu yeah. and these types of huge stars that she tends to kind of use as anchors for her big series like Imino and Pak Sodam and stuff like that. So it's interesting. Sounds like it could be fun. I honestly like I'm good with her leaving the writing to other people at this point. All right. Let's move on to upcoming dramas. Okay. So the first drama that's coming out in March is actually one that we talked about in the last What's Up in Dramaland. And the airing date was changed for that from February to the 3rd of March. And that is Mouse. And yeah, go back to the last episode and you can hear us talk about it. We were very excited about it. I was very excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> that's the Isengi one. Yes. From the writer of yes, Black. Yes, that's the Isengi yeah. one. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then the first one we're going to talk about for this month is Navalera, which is a ballet drama. So that's not something we get very often. So this is going to be airing on March 22nd. It's a 12-episode drama. It's going to be airing on both TVN and Netflix. So yay for 12 episodes. And 60 minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who knew we would cheer for that day? I'm so tired of 85-minute episodes. I did not know I would be cheering for 60 minutes. I'm watching Go Back Couple right now, and it's 60 minutes an episode and 12 episodes, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is the kind of storytelling I want. Anyway, that's a, that's a discussion for another day. Yes, exactly. That's a discussion for a later oh, day. Oh, every other day apart <laughs> from right now. <laughs> and it stars um, Park Hwan and Song Kang as the two main characters. It tells a story of growth about people who pursue their dreams because life only comes around once. Shim Dok Chul, who is uh, Park Hwan, is a 70-year-old retired mailman who decides to pursue his lifelong dream of learning ballet, which does not please his family. At the dance academy, he meets Lee Chae-rok, who is played by Song Kang, a 23-year-old dancer who, becomes, who became interested in ballet after trying out different sports. His mother was a ballet dancer before she died of a disease when he was young. Um, he's struggling financially and thinking about giving up ballet when he meets Dok Cho. So I think it's going to be like a story of them, their friendship and their dreams and all that. Yeah. Sounds lovely. Also, it's adapted from a, a popular webtoon. And uh, I really love how they have recreated the, the webtoon cover art and like in the drama uh, poster here. It's, it's super cute. It's really so, cute. Yeah. And interestingly, yeah. this is from the writer of Tunnel. You know, the Chejinyuk drama 2017, yeah. which is big genre change. So that's not sure how it will go, yeah. but Tunnel was good. I started watching Tunnel and it does have... It has pretty solid writing, so I'm sure they'll be able to handle something that's like emotion heavy. But I really like the juxtaposition of a 23-year-old with a 70-year-old. It just, I anticipate like a lot of awes. <laughs> I also like that it's a boy who's the dancer, because usually you think, oh, ballet must be a girl, right? But actually yeah. it's not. This is really interesting. I'm only, I mean, in alternate parallel universe, this would also be like a Jung Dong Yoon drama. It's like perfectly his kind of thing, right? Yeah. True. I can see that casting. Mm -hmm. He did that other one. Was it Let's Dance? Yeah, it would work for him. Is that what it was called? Something like that. The one with the, the on the island, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Let's Dance. I think he's just sort of passed out of youth roles and gone into sort of full-on grown man roles and yeah. Yeah. Different subject. Sorry. Keep derailing. And I wanted to call out, this also has Namuni in it and Namuni is always yeah. amazing no matter what she I does. I wonder her. if she's playing his wife. But she is, she's the grandma from uh, Just Between Lovers. She was excellent in that. And she's excellent in everything that she's ever in. Yeah. But yeah. Any other thoughts on this show? I have no more thoughts. <laughs> All right. Go take the next one, Forma. Ah, okay. So next on our plate is Monthly Magazine Home. And this one stars Anissa's favorite, everybody's favorite, <laughs> Kim Ji-suk. I instantly, I looked at it and I was like, Anissa, this is Anissa's show. She's watching it. I'm surprised she didn't fight me for it. <laughs> I, I mean, I also really love the, the actress. So go ahead and introduce it. Then we'll talk. Yeah, I really like Jung So-min too. So um, there is that. I'm, I'm so happy that Kim Ji-suk just keeps getting these, these really good dramas and he's the lead. Um, and this sounds like his kind of drama. So I'll read a bit of the synopsis here. Monthly House is a home-searching romance story about a man who buys houses and a woman who lives in one. It follows the diverse stories of the editors of Home magazine. Yoo Ja Sung, who is Kim Ji Sook, 
is the CEO of a real estate investment company and magazine company called Monthly House, who went from rags to riches by studying during the day, working hard as a restaurant part-timer and designated driver at night and working construction sites during the weekends. This guy has a lot of part-time <laughs> jobs. Okay, uh, Yuja Sang cut down on his sleep time to self-study real estate, eventually becoming an investment expert. Larida, he becomes a billionaire. Yay. However, when he runs into Na Young Won, and this is your Jung Soo Min, the two will begin an unexpected romance. And now Na Young Won's story is that she is a magazine editor with 10 years of experience who's been living alone in, at a rented home. She believes that her home is a place where she can truly be herself. However, when she meets the devil-like new homeowner, this is our CEO, and monthly house magazine CEO, uh, Na Young Won begins to search for a house of her own and develops an interest in real estate. Okay, now I'm confused. So he drives her out of her home. <laughs> so, okay, so here's what I, as much as I love these two, he is not only her landlord, he's also her boss. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And like billionaire landlords are like not the sexy men that <laughs> Korean dramas seem to want to portray them as. I'm sorry, like uh, we just had one as our president. Like this is not what we want. Like I, this is not what I'm looking for. So I'm hoping that that's not, I mean... I don't know. I'm probably going to watch it anyway just to see what they do. But if she's like moving out immediately, then maybe I would be on board with this. But right now, yeah. I just, I don't know. Oh, and by the way, this is a JTBC drama. It has 16 episodes and it's airing March 22nd. Right. Oh, by the way, you can watch uh, Navilera on Netflix. We are sure that it'll be airing there simultaneously with the uh, normal schedule. I don't know where Monthly Magazine is going to be airing. So, you know, good luck. On that. <laughs> so here's the thing that gives me hope about this show is that it's actually by the same writer as um, Drinking Solo and A Poem a Day, which I think were both very nuanced and very, I mean, I didn't watch Drinking Solo. I watched A Poem a Day. I found that to be very emotionally intelligent. Um, but I remember hearing people saying that Drinking Solo was very um, like compassionate to the problems of like underemployed Solo and, drinking? you know, like low income. No, no, it's about like people who are, <laughs> it's about people who live in this like Kushiwan, like the you know those little tiny study rooms yeah, while yeah, they're yeah, studying yeah, yeah. for an exam and, and they're very poor and like that's basically how they get through the day so i do feel like the writer wouldn't just give us something you know kind of insensitive the and, usual uh chable yeah. overbearing chable boss situation okay that's cool yeah that's cool listen i don't think that kim jisok would take a role like that he tends to gravitate towards roles that subvert expectations so yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'm hopeful. And I'm also looking forward to John Soman. And also the um the second lead is played by Jung Gunju, who was wonderful in Extraordinary You as uh, you know, the Oh the second lead. The the, the, the second, second lead second lead. In quotations. <laughs> yeah. Like the second lead in capital letters oh, on stage. He was a violinist. Oh, Doha, yeah. that was his name. Doha, Doha that's, right. that's yeah. right. He was, he was very memorable in that one. He was super cute. He was, I think, my favorite character. <laughs> yeah, easily. I actually really liked Judah with her and kind of wish they'd ended up together. But yeah, okay, cool, <laughs> okay. <laughs> he he wished they ended up together too. <laughs> no, what I loved about his character was that he wished he had a, a choice about liking her, which mm. he didn't. And he was aware of it, but he was like, but I like her anyway, and I want to keep liking her. It was just, there were so many nuances in just the few dialogues he had. I just loved his character to death. Totally agree. Whatever warts Extraordinary You had, it did a really good job of like, you know, exploring that first lead versus second lead dynamic and like kind of 
deconstructing it. Like that was really well done. Yeah. Okay. Next drama. Our next drama is Joseon Exorcist, which is airing on March the 22nd, 16 episodes on SBS and on Vicky. Oh, this is Jung Dong-yoon coming back to Sagak Land. Okay, I just wanted to point out as we start on this that Park Keok is also the writer who just uh, finished up Mr. Queen. So yeah. as far as dialogue and character creation is concerned, I think we are in solid hands. The character arcs are, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but moving on. So the synopsis for this drama is, when Prince Lee Bang-on patrolled Joseon's northern region, he faced and sealed away an evil spirit bent on dominating human beings. This is long, by the way, so have tea. <laughs> Having now ascended to the throne, Lee Bang-on has chosen the title of King Taejong. These are all historical kings, right? Yes, real historical figures. He is a powerful monarch who can remain cool-headed. He's proud of the fact that he helped his father establish the Joseon dynasty, but is racked with guilt over the loss of life during its foundation. The evil spirit, which he'd sealed away so long ago, now manifests itself in Joseon territory, forcing the king to battle his nemesis once again. King Taejong has two disparate sons, the crown prince, Yang Nyung, and the second prince, Chung Nyung. And the crown prince is played by Park Song-hun, and the other prince is played by Chang Dong-yoon, and the king is played by Kamo Sung. And crown prince Yang Nyung exudes an air of confidence, but in fact, he's constantly anxious about being recognized by his father, King Taejong. No matter his deeds, they never seem to measure up to his father's expectations of him. Nevertheless, King Taejong strongly desires for Crown Prince Yang Nyung to succeed him on the throne. Consumed by greed and a need for power, Crown Prince Yang Nyung chooses to enter into a contract with the evil spirit. Oh, that sounds awful. So this is from the director of Noctu Flower from... It was not last year, it was from 2019. <laughs> Why do wow. I think it's last year? Um, and by all accounts, that's a really excellent drama, which was a proper, like a full-on saga, not like fusion or anything proper one the one that starred Jo Jung Suk and Yoon Shun and yeah. who else there was someone else big in there and Han Yeri ah Han Yeri yeah so apparently that was amazing so I'm not sure about the story but at least it will look pretty I, I heard it was very full of tears um which is why I didn't watch it <laughs> even though I love everyone same <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that. I heard it was amazing, but I guess it means the same thing. I mean, that could be, it could be both. But it often is both. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It is literally the same thing. An amazing saga yeah. is definitely going to make you, like, die. Yeah. And it might mean a little more to older Korean drama watchers uh, if we tell them that the director also did Six Flying Dragons, mm. which is kind of like an epic of an epic. I would say these are yeah. all in the same vein. Um, the Sagaks that are to both the writer and the director's credits, they're not like fusion pap, which is, I do not mean that. I'm not sincere, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Yeah. If you're a hardcore history nerd, it won't make you mad. Yeah. Well, I mean, Pakayok, the writer who also did Mr. Queen, this one is also about like a real historical figure. So, and like Mr. Queen was about a real historical figure and then they inserted this like fantastical element into there and like regardless of whatever you might think about certain parts of the drama i think they did do a really good job of like taking a historical figure who actually exists in real life and kind of rewriting um like kind of doing a revisionist historical narrative that is not one of those evil revisionist <laughs> historical narratives that like tries to deny racism or something but it's like one of those re revisionist narratives that kind of like adds another dimension or like an interesting what if to like who you know Cholzhong might be so this is interesting because like they're doing the same thing right they're adding 
like an evil spirit, which probably means that I won't watch this. Sorry. <laughs> but they're adding this fantastical element into something which is like a super... I mean, Taejong the Great is the father of King Sejong the Great, right? And like this is a very... Like it's a very famous era in Korean history. So I w- I'd be interested to see how they deal with that. Bit scared. Possession things are not my not my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't do possession. Kind of depends on how scary it is. If it's more of a... I'm, I mean, I'm interested in seeing how they uh, deal with the whole situation. If it's like not so much like a zombie apocalypse and more of a, I don't know, like an internal uh, investigation of like the deeds of men and the souls of people. I think I'll be cool with that. I, I like that kind of drama. So let's see. Also, you know what? I'm finally in a place where I can watch a sagyuk that doesn't have like a, a fusion element or a romantic element in it. I think I might have grown up a bit in the last year. What was the show that you watched that made you turn to the serious side? I don't know what it was, but I've become a a lot... Like my threshold for watching serious pain on screen has gone up a bit, I find. (laughs) I can watch like hard endings now that I couldn't before, so... Oh, because you were talking the other day... You were talking on Twitter yesterday about Marriage Contract, which you I had abandoned at that point, yeah. Because Marriage Contract, I was watching years back. I really liked it. I was halfway into it. And then somebody spoiled the ending. And I was like, I'm not watching this happen to these people that I like so much. So I completely dropped it. That was 2016. Yeah, that was a long back. (laughs) I actually did watch the whole thing, but I feel like that one was okay for me because I already knew going in that that was probably going to happen. So I was fine. I was like, I was in for it. You know, like I was, I was okay with it. I think also just, I was in a mental space where I was, I could relate to it a lot. Like I was in the mood kind of. Yeah. So, but you definitely have to be in the right headspace for something like that. Right. Yeah. Can we move on to the last one? (laughs) Let's do it. So the last one is, okay, so I'm not really sure why my drama list has this listed as Oh My Lady Lord. I sincerely (laughs) hope that is not the official English title because I will flip a table. I I think it's Oh Master um, and the the original is um, Oh Join Nim. Yeah, Oh Join Nim basically means Oh Master. So I'm not really sure why... Anyway, in a lot of places they're calling this O Master, so I'm that's what I'm going with. And it's uh, <laughs> it's airing March 24th on NBC with 16 episodes that are planned to be an hour and 20 minutes long. Good lord, but also this stars Eminki and and uh, Nana, so I kind of don't care and I'm going to watch them anyway. <laughs> so the description is uh, we have a drama screenwriter and a rom-com actress. So he's a drama screenwriter and she plays a rom-com actress. The writer chooses not to date. The actress cannot seem to date. And the story unfolds as they find themselves sharing the same living quarters. So like full house, oh, but yay! less horrible. Another cohabitation drama. I'm very excited about <laughs> this. Thank you for giving this to me on the list. I'm, I'm very, very excited. See, I'm good about distribution. <laughs> But I'm getting full house vibes from this. No, but like it's Eamon Key, it's right? Eamon, and yeah. the, it's I mean, come on. Yeah. It's, the last time he did a cohabitation drama, it was so great. That's true. Was that like Dulce Spring? Or No, no it was, it was uh, it, because it's this because oh, it's I forgot about that one because I didn't because the, I the mean, ending. Yeah. But I'm but up until episode fourteen, it was so like good. perfect. So good. It was perfect. <laughs> I'm more worried about like the unevenness of this screenwriter's history because he's done Soulmate and uh, Fated to Love You, both of which I actually liked quite a bit. And 
Faded to Love You had some problems, but those were like original drama, like the, whatever the drama it rebooted was, it also had those problems. Um, but then he also did Lonely Enough to Love, which I could not even get through one episode of that. It was painful. So I don't know. But he definitely does quirky really well. And both of these actors are extremely good in quirky roles. So yeah, that's what I'm excited <laughs> about. That is true. I kind of and because we know um, Nana last from Into the Ring. And if you watch Into the Ring, you know her potential for comedic acting it's just she's so good and I can just I don't, listen I might be wrong but I I think Eamon Key really does those characters well where he's this straight-faced not exactly grumpy but like hard to gauge type character it's like these things like probably because he has that face <laughs> so so good to look at but so hard to decipher <laughs> get all the lines today uh right and <laughs> I think that would be really fun with juxtaposed with Nana, who just does, like, her face is just, it's like TV. She has constantly moving expressions. It's it's amazing. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. I think the thing that they both have in common, apart from their, like, weirdness, is they mm -hmm. have so much charisma that, like, even if the drama that you watch them in itself wasn't that satisfying, that character portrayal stays with you. Yeah. Like, I remember watching um, I Really, Really Like You with Ewanki and Eugene from like, it's from 2006. It's an old drama. It's long. It's like, I don't know how many, like 30 episodes or something. I fell so hard. I watched this early on, like 2009 or 10. And I still remember his character. I still remember his character name. Like, I remember particular scenes. Like, these two are so memorable and they just like become their characters. And I, I can't wait to like see them together and just I'm excited. That's all. Nothing more intellectual <laughs> left to say. Yeah, I, I would definitely look forward to the weird. Yeah, so would I. Okay. We've covered everything for much, right? Yes, I think we so. did. And then we are good to let everybody go and get to the drama watching because there's plenty to get through. I'm still struggling with the February premieres. I don't have time for anything else. Everyone, please go and read Saya's latest Dramatics Diary. That is the, the most comprehensive review of everything it's that we're It's not even a Dramatics right Diary. It started <laughs> off in a Dramatic Diary. And then I was like, this is getting out of hand it needs to just be its own thing so now it's it's amazing there are graphs and charts i i was blown away you should just worry about my sanity and my sleep 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 schedule which i can't say because i haven't slept i i am convinced you no longer sleep <laughs> Yeah, basically. All right. So you can find us on Twitter at Dramas Overflow. You can find me on Twitter at AnisaGleef underscore. And you can find me on Twitter at NotNowSire. And you can find me, Parma, on Twitter at FestaFasta. And you can find us on Instagram at DramasOverFlowers underscore. You can find us on Facebook. Just look up Dramas Over Flowers. And you can find our blog at DramasOverFlowers.net. And you can email us at DramasOverFlowers at gmail.com. Dramas Over Flowers is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Woo! Yay! Yay! Bye, everyone! Bye. Bye. Did the yays before I did the boys. <laughs>